From the Annals of Thoracic Surgery and the Society of Thoracic Surgeons, welcome to Beyond the Abstract, part of the Society of Thoracic Surgeons Surgical Hot Topics series. I'm Tom Varghese, a thoracic surgeon and deputy editor of Digital Media and Digital Scholarship for the Annals. This is a podcast all about the why behind the articles and the issues in cardiothoracic surgery and healthcare, and what are the planned next steps from authors and thought leaders in the field. We're glad that you are here. If you enjoy our program, please rate our podcast on iTunes or Google Play or wherever you downloaded this podcast. Your feedback is appreciated. Please remember, the opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the individuals and not necessarily of SDS. In research of human subjects, a survey is a list of questions aimed at extracting specific data from a particular group of people. Survey research is actually a relatively young field, as it was only in the 1940s that the organization of sampling frames and statistical inference on survey results began. The Society of Thoracic Surgeons, or STS, is the world's largest cardiothoracic surgical society and is a not-for-profit organization founded in 1964 representing more than 7,500 surgeons, researchers, and allied health professionals worldwide. In order to assure the best surgical care for patients with diseases of the heart, lungs, and other organs in the chest, the SDS has conducted a survey of its membership every five years since the first one in 1974. The 2019 practice survey was conducted online in October and November 2019 with 3,834 active and senior members in the U.S. invited to participate. In today's Beyond the Abstract podcast, we are connecting with the first author of the 2019 Workforce Report, Dr. John Economides who is chair of the SDS Thoracic Surgery Practice and Access Task Force. We discuss the main findings of the report and implications for CT surgeons in practice. Join us as we go beyond the abstract. We're joined today by Dr. John Economides, who is the Chief of Cardiothoracic Surgery at the University of North Carolina uh, and a professor of surgery there. Uh, Dr. Economides, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Thomas. Really, really happy to be here. Uh, for our listeners, Dr. Economides, would you like to introduce uh, what your formal role is with the STS? Well, I, I currently serve as chair uh, for the Workforce for Practice and, and Access. This workforce, is its sole mission really is to conduct the workforce survey, which tracks the, you know, the trends in practice in cardiothoracic surgery um, as we move forward in time. It's phenomenal, and obviously, I encourage all the listeners to read this uh, outstanding manuscript that's published in the Annals of Thoracic Surgery. Uh, uh, John, why don't we start there? Um, you know, even though there is press and attention on technological advances such as machine learning algorithms that can crunch big data sets, um, it seems like the workforce survey is still a bedrock for assessing. Uh, contemporary and comparative assessment of trends. Uh, having led the conduct and uh, assimilation of information for the 2019 STS Workforce Report, can you let our listeners know your perspectives on the importance of conducting these type of surveys every five years? Well, I think I think five years is a is a good spacing for this survey because it really allows uh, meaningful sort of changes to happen within the practice. I think, I think conducting the survey once every five years or twice every decade seems to make sense. And, it, and, it, and it, uh, enough time passes that we can really see substantive changes uh, and, and new trends. And also it gives us the opportunity to look at 
uh, emerging trends and, and emerging um, issues in our practice and ask appropriate questions that give the work give give the perspective of the entire workforce on these on these changing issues so that leadership at the STS can can use this data um, to direct their mission but at the same time it also assists uh, all of the individuals within the STS that read the survey and see where we are and, and maybe where we're going no, that's incredible. And for our listeners, uh, the Society of Thoracic Surgeons has conducted workforce surveys every five years of those in practice in the United States since 1974. Uh, John, there were a number of remarkable findings uh, in this report, um, you know, and I really wanted to highlight three of them that you found. Uh, one is that the CT surgeon workforce continues to age. The second is the percentage of women in CT surgery continues to grow. And that the third, which is really remarkable, that career satisfaction uh, has not waned. Um, let's uh, deep dive a little bit. Uh, so the first one, in terms of the aging workforce, um, you astutely noted that with an aging workforce, concern regarding overall surgeon performance will inevitably increase. And you bravely broached the topic, which brings about immense debate and backlash uh, across the nation, which is that we should be considering cognitive and psychomotor testing for those over the age of 65. Do you think that this is going to become a reality, especially in light of the results of workforce surveys like uh, the ones that you just published? I I do. I I think that this... uh probably uh, will become uh, an important aspect of the the maintenance of competency or the assessment of competency of of, uh, some of our older uh, practicing surgeons. You know, a a recent survey was performed within the the Society of Surgical Chairs, which resulted in the published recommendation that mandatory cognitive and psychomotor testing should be conducted in surgeons by at least age of 65 and that consideration should be given to making this testing a component of their ongoing professional practice evaluation. Um, it, when you read the survey, you'll see that currently uh, about 85% of cardiothoracic surgeons worked in institutions which did not perform conduct, uh, performance testing. But of, wow. the 15 or so, of the 15 or so percent of surgeons that did, only half of them reported that testing was mandatory. So, um, I, you know, I, I think this is a this is an important topic, and as you said, it's a it's a somewhat controversial one, and it will be interesting to see. And this was a new question. This was a this was a new area of uh, of, of investigation for us within the survey. So it'll be interesting to see what the trends are uh, in in voluntary and mandatory testing programs with the various institutions in the coming years. You know, will there be different? Will there be different trends in the private sector and the academic sector? It'll be it'll be different. It'll be interesting to see. But we have a baseline, I think, sort of relatively at the ground level that we can use to move forward. So I I thought this was a very uh, thoughtful question, which was for it was form um, it was formulated by our workforce uh, on adult cardiac and vascular surgery. So I thought this was a really really useful and timely contribution to the survey. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I mean, uh, we can only solve problems if we're willing to uh, to tackle the tough issues. No, commend the the workforce uh, for doing that. Um, the second uh, finding that you had uh, was um, on the percentage of women in CT surgery. So, on the one hand, it's encouraging that the percentage of women in CT surgery continues to grow. So, in 2014, it was 6.9 percent of the total workforce, and now in 2019, it's 8.4 percent of the total workforce. But, 
you know, let's be honest, we're still talking about single digits. Um, do you think we as an organization need to do more in this field? I think we could, yes. I, I, and I, I, do think, I do think that uh, the STS is doing quite a bit to begin with, but I think that we can always look for opportunities to do more. I, the STS does support uh, Women in Thoracic Surgery, which is, uh, which is an institution that was founded in 1986 and continues to show a very expanding membership uh, and an expanding array of scholarships, uh, awards, and mentorship opportunities specifically for women in various stages of their CT surgery careers. And I think um, STS has supported the, uh, the uh, women in thoracic surgery, and I think they could further um, look at ways to encourage um, uh, female medical students to consider a career in cardiothoracic surgery. So I, I, think, I think there's always more that we can do, and it would be most welcome. Absolutely. Uh, and then the final area I wanted to really uh, ask you about, uh, which was honestly one of the most surprising findings that I saw in your survey report. It's on the field of uh, area or topic of career satisfaction. So an incredible 83.1% of practicing surgeons in the United States are satisfied or extremely satisfied with their career. Uh, you know, and this has gone up significantly. You know, it was 72.8% in 2014 and 72% in 2009. Now, one of the findings that you noted in the survey was that many surgeons have continued to expand their skill sets and incorporate ultra-specialized procedures into their practice um, in order to remain competitive. So as you noted, uh, almost 19% have learned a new skill over the past year. Do you think this has helped uh, with maintaining career satisfaction? Uh, I know it's beyond the top uh, scope of the survey, but are there other factors that you think that explains this uh, in addition to expanding skill sets? Well, I think it's absolutely critical. You, you must you must uh, always evolve, or you'll become obsolete. And I think I think that is absolutely true for cardiothoracic surgery. If you look at where we were 20 years ago relative to where we were now, the reason that we are where we are now is that we're continuing to evolve and we're continuing to fill the needs and and occupy the niches that we need to to occupy in order to continue to deliver the most contemporary and best care for patients. Um, one, one of the things that we've done as a group, and this is not just in cardiac surgery, but also in, in thoracic surgeries, we've established far more meaningful relationships with our non-surgical medical colleagues, you know, in surgical, on, in medical oncology, pulmonary medicine, cardiology, interventional radiology, uh, and even um, in, in, this, in the case of cardiac surgery, closer, closer relationships with vascular surgery, which have allowed us to collaborate um, it has allowed us to, to develop multidisciplinary um, teams, which bring numerous facets of expertise to the table. And, and at the end of the day, this, this allows uh, you know, the, best, um, the, the best vetting of, of cases and the, and the best solutions with regards to the ideal patient care. And from these associations, we are put in a position where we can learn new surgical skill sets. For example, getting into the cath lab and learning uh, a myriad of wire skills. Um, you know, being put in a being and then understanding what the what the minimally invasive needs are and and to develop minimally invasive surgical techniques that compete with with some of the the the, the less invasive interventional techniques. So. All, you know, all of these things are absolutely critical for the ongoing success of cardiothoracic surgery, and I think that we've done it very well. We've proven 
that we as a, a, a specialty are highly resilient. Yeah, no, that's a that's a fascinating take that you're saying. That is, you know, the participating in these multidisciplinary teams, um, it not only allows you to expand your skill set, but that by itself is leading to uh, career satisfaction. So not just better care, but also better for yourself as well. Well, I think it is because it because in in, in places that do this, the the work environment is just better, honestly, because everybody it becomes, it, it doesn't become a turf battle anymore, right? It's, a, it's about the best care for the patient. And when, when you have confidence in your colleagues that they're practicing evidence-based medicine, for example, you know, I'm going to say something a little controversial, but you, if, if, you have co- if you have confidence that your interventional cardiology colleagues, for example, are referring you appropriate coronary bypass patients instead of, instead of stenting them against guidelines, which I know in, in some areas of the United States, this is felt to be a, a bit of an issue, uh, and it's been discussed uh, both at the STS and also at the ATS. Um, but if you feel that way and you find yourself in a multidisciplinary group with, with, with your cardiology colleagues and, you're, and, and you, you have the impression that you're all trying to just decide on the best, the best care of the patient, that what this is about, your decisions, the decisions that you're making are driven by the absolute best interest of all parties concerned in having the patient get the best care, then it just creates a, a very good work environment. There's no animosity. There are no turf battles. And, you know, you, and you move along in a, in a very collaborative and congenial way. And I just, I just think that creates a lot of job satisfaction. And it wouldn't surprise me that if we asked sub-questions related to job satisfaction, that this may be one of the things that would come up, is that these multidisciplinary teams have just made the, the workplace a, a better place to be. Yeah, no, I, I think that's absolutely brilliant. Um, and and for the listeners, you, you know, I encourage you to go and read this manuscript. Uh, I mean, the findings are uh, amazing, and and I think that uh, Dr. Economides and and all his co-authors have done a phenomenal job of uh, framing not only the findings but the context uh, in terms of the findings, especially as related to the previous survey results. Um, John, uh, any final words for our audience reflecting on the workforce survey process? or any of the findings, any final words? Well, the, the process has been very streamlined. Um, it's been, uh, I've, I've really enjoyed involving the, uh, the, the, the workforces for cardiac surgery and thoracic surgery in terms of, uh, of formulating questions. And I, I, must, I must say, Tom, that there, there, are another, there, there are a couple of other sort of things on the horizon that I think that we will get more granular about with the next survey. One of them has to do with um, work performance and work RVUs, and uh, the work RVUs has become a very important element of our practice. And I think that we need to formulate some intelligent questions to investigate um, trends in, in, in how the work RVU is being used to direct the practice of cardiothoracic surgery. Yeah, and and we we don't have very really have very little there uh, with regards to that, other than the fact that um, there are some questions that ask about um, incentivization by work RVUs, which I think is the reason why we need to get a bit more granular with it. The other one um, is that we were talking about that work satisfaction, and, and there's no doubt that it's high, but by the same token, uh, a disturbing aspect of the survey was um, the incidence of uh, depression and burnout symptoms, which which are quite high. And uh, I think that we need to take this as a bit of a red flag. And I think that the STS should should take this seriously, and perhaps look at um, 
uh, some strategies to identify the, uh, the factors contributing to this and also uh, perhaps um, consider some, uh, some programs um, which will help uh, surgeons deal with, with some of these issues. No, absolutely brilliant. Well, um, uh, on behalf of all of us uh, here at uh, Beyond the Abstract, uh, uh, Dr. Economies, thank you for taking the time. Uh, for listeners, please take the time uh, to go and read this workforce report. The findings are amazing, uh, and I think uh, especially the discussion aspects were absolutely brilliant. And, John, thanks again uh, on behalf of all of us. Thank you very much, Thomas. I appreciate the opportunity. Join us next time as we continue to explore and debate issues beyond the abstract, part of the Surgical Hot Topic series. You can connect with the Annals of Thoracic Surgery online at annalsthoracicsurgery.org or on Twitter at Annals Thor Surge.